Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. In this episode, we get to speak with Gina Molinari, affectionately known as Gina Mo. She is a confident communication coach and online marketing strategist, TEDx speaking coach, and keynote speaker. She helps entrepreneurs communicate confidently and consistently in the online space about themselves and their businesses so they can make a massive impact with their work. Her unique background includes 20 years of performance training as a classical singer, 10 years of marketing experience, seven years of speaking experience, and four years of emotional intelligence training gives her the ability to help others get to communicate with confidence through the mastery of their communication skills online and in person. She currently lives in Columbus, Ohio, but originally hails from Northern New Jersey. I'm so excited to speak with Gina and see what she has to share. Enjoy the episode. So Gina, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Yeah, How thank you, you for doing? having me. Absolutely. I'm good. I'm good. It's a good day. It's a Friday. It's beautiful. Well, it was beautiful here. Now it's starting to turn to rain, but it's oh, really? gorgeous out. Yeah, it's interesting. It's been... It's been 75, 80 degrees here, here in mm-hmm. Virginia. I'm like, holy smokes, what is going on? My, my <laughs> kids walking in, they're like, can we have popsicles? Can we do <laughs> balloon fights and water fights? I'm like, sure. Just give us a few minutes till we get off work and then we can do, go do that. That's funny. Yeah, so Gina, we met through Unconventional Leaders. We met through so many different groups on Facebook. I'm not sure if we're connected on any other platforms yet, but I'm sure we'll make that connection. But I think what's important is, you know, we see each other as equals and we see each other working hard and and creating what we think is our reality or Mm -hmm. our, I don't know what you would call it. (laughs) Well, if you want to stick with the the theme of everything that's going on, a new normal, you know, for me, I, I envision a world and a lot of the work that I do, you know, as a confident communication coach, like, what does that mean? What, what does that do? Uh, for me, I mean, I envision this world where you can take people at their word, that people aren't scared to be honest and vulnerable and truly yes. who they are. And that ultimately, you're, you're not afraid that somebody else is going to lie to you or betray you or hurt you because they can just be honest with you of, no, I don't want to do that thing. Or no, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that as opposed to saying yes and then not following through. I mean, for me, yeah. that's something that has broken my heart countless times. And so I, I sort of practice what I preach of, you know, I treat as, others as I want to be treated in the mm-hmm. regards of, of truth and honesty. It's like, yeah, you may not always like it. And of course, I'll do my best to be tactful and kind <laughs> about it, but I'm not going to lie to you. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. If I say yeah. I don't want to do something, it's because I don't want to. Um, and it's not meant to be offensive. It's just meant to be truthful. And it's, it's brought me so much peace to live that way and a lot of success in, in building a business that way. Wow. That's, that's a very 
important thing that you, you know, being truthful, being authentic to yourself and to your truth and not trying to hide behind, oh, no, I have this thing to do or, or that thing to do, just being honest, right? Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes it's hard. Like, it's like you don't want to hurt the other people's feeling, yeah. but it all comes down to how much time we have on a day, right? Every day, we only have 24 hours. You know, we got to get sleep. We got to get food. We got to get the kids ready. We got to do with our daily work. And then there's some time for an extracurricular. So something that people don't realize and discount all the time, it's like, oh, I've got plenty of time, but I can save money. (laughs) Until you don't. (laughs) Until you don't. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And even through, through now, you know, how many people in early March were thinking, oh yeah, you know, that's something we'll go do next month or, you know, cruises, that cruise that maybe you wanted to go on your entire life. And now that industry may be collapsing as we speak, you know, it's, it's just funny to think about how many things got brought into perspective very quickly of things that you never thought could ever be taken away or ever be non-essential or, or altered in some fashion. Exactly. That's, that's a really good point to being like, non-essential that used to be something that you know you'd hear in the in the military or you know in the movies but now it's real like 25 plus million people are out of job because they are Mm non-essential right it's mind-boggling. It's unreal. Yeah, it's just, it's completely unreal. And to, to, to see how the, the sort of flip of the assumption of what would be considered essential and what's considered non-essential and, you know, the idea that restaurants are closed, that's just, you know, mind-boggling. Like, uh, restaurants are already a risky business. We know that. Mm-hmm. But the idea that they would have to be mandated closed for something like this, who could ever predict that? And yeah, yeah I mean, it's just become, for me, this whole time has just become such a, a wake-up call. Again, of I already sort of lived this life of trying to live in my highest integrity. I'm not saying mm-hmm. I'm perfect because that definitely isn't true, but trying to do my best to live in my highest integrity and honesty and to be given further wake-up calls in this way and to see uh, how other people are handling and watching them have that wake-up call too. It's, yeah. I, I do see it as a, a potential really loud and uh, intrusive way to, to finally you know, do those things you've always wanted to do, to say those things you've always wanted to say and yeah. pursue those passions because now we don't really have a choice. We, we are forced into a new path. Absolutely. You're, you're so right. And what's, what's even crazy is you, know, you mentioned that the restaurant industry was was like a surefire thing. Like if somebody wanted to start a business, people are going to eat food, right? Start the restaurant business. But then you have something like this happen and it's like, wow, even they are affected. Now, some companies are, you know, taking a different approach at it where they're like, okay, we'll order food from us and we'll ship it, we'll get it to you for free. Or even they want to keep, it going and you know they've taken loans out and they are donating food mm-hmm. to those who can't afford right yeah. that 25 plus million people well they've still got to eat so there are so many organizations so many restaurants that are you know like you know what this is this is what we got to do we got to help feed the people well and what's interesting is i was i was on a virtual conference this weekend and one of the panelists that was speaking was talking about this this app she has for volunteers and all the volunteer opportunities right now i mean the volunteer industry in some ways like at a food bank are booming but mm-hmm. the problem is that the people who most often volunteer here are also the highest risk right now. Yes. So there's this huge, you know, uh, change in the supply and demand chain 
for volunteer work because it's like, yeah, we definitely have a boom of it right now and people may have more time and the will to do it. But yeah. the people who are most willing, unfortunately, <laughs> are also the ones who we need to protect the most. So it's, it's really interesting to see that flip-flop too. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's so crazy. So Gina, thank you for you know, having that conversation about COVID-19 and how the, the era, the time period that we're going through, it's, it's never been seen before. Well, it kind of has, but in this digital age, <laughs> never been this, never been seen before. 1916 to 1918, you know, was when something like this happened with the Spanish flu. There's examples of people staying home and people are not staying home, and then the calamity that it caused, you know, over millions of people lost their lives because of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was looking at the numbers, and we're at 1.4, 1.4, 1. 1.5 million cases in the united states alone which is like wow and the country just opened back up like or states are starting to like why would you do that but it makes sense i mean people do need to work people need to have because that uh, unemployment is gonna run out after a certain number of weeks Mm -hmm. right um the the money that the government is putting back in that's running out and it's 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 crazy Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. So let's let's get into the journey, the story of Gina Molinari. Yeah. Right. I said that right. You did. Uh, yes. <laughs> so tell us a version of your journey that no one's have heard. No one's heard of it before, Ooh. because you know you've been on the social, you've been around, right? People mm-hmm. know your story, but I'm sure there's there are stories that you haven't talked about. Would like to know that one. Yeah, um, you know, I, I was going to talk about it probably tomorrow in my keynote, uh, but you guys are the first to hear it. Then I guess <laughs> uh, you know I'm somebody who comes across as very confident. I'm somebody who comes across as very put together, and. I'm somebody who has both an artistic and a very logical sense about me. You know, I, when I went to school, I either wanted to be an opera singer or a lawyer. Like there's just very much two very clear parts of me. And that is very equally damaging to the way that I actually function and run my business. And, and even from a mental health standpoint, sometimes mm-hmm. quite frankly. So there's a lot of me getting in my own way that has really stunted me being where I want to be right now. Yeah. And I think being willing to, to talk about that as vulnerably as I do is something that I, I do well. I think it's something that does inspire other people to share some of their warts and some of their uh, you know, trials and tribulations and failures, quite mm-hmm. frankly. And I, I'm just realizing the more I do it, that even though I'm not necessarily where I want to be right now, yeah. that me still continuing to talk about my failure in real time is actually very, very helpful. And so that's helped my success in a way. And I mean, most of what I speak about is, you know, my story is coming from being a, a never has been opera singer, as I call myself, because I was too afraid to actually sing in front of other people. You know, I loved singing. I had a talent for it, but the fear was just too real. And then leaving that and going into things that I thought were safer. So I wanted to be a voiceover artist. We were talking about that in the Facebook Mm. group the other day. And I quickly realized, oh, wait, this is actually full of all the same rejection as the singing (laughs) career. So that doesn't work. And I just made so many pivots because of fear and because I couldn't 
I couldn't believe that I could hack it. When in reality, now here I am as an entrepreneur, which is again, a very similar climate of rejection and uncertainty and all of that. And yet this is the thing that I can kind of make work for me. So it is a hundred percent about that mindset thing, right? But I mean, there's been so many other things that have kind of got stuck in the mindset that mm-hmm. pushed me in a different direction and gave me a different tool as a result. And in the moment, of course, I don't think of it that way. In the moment, <laughs> I'm, I'm just frustrated or, or confused and, and concerned and worried. But in the hindsight of it, really seeing how all of those experiences gave me different tools to make my work with people unique, to make my story unique. And, you know, it's just a constant, it's a constant struggle. It's a constant practice of stepping into confidence in some fashion and really realizing that even now through all of this, again, this uncertainty, um, you know, I I haven't wanted to show up every day. I haven't wanted to keep selling and, and sell everything at full price. And like, I've wanted to modify things because of my own fears and my own insecurities about Mm -hmm. me being able to hack it. And that's okay. That is completely and utterly okay. It doesn't mean I'm less effective when I show up. It doesn't mean that I everything I've done is completely unraveled. I've undone all the progress I've made. Yeah. But I do have to acknowledge that it's there because to, to just ignore it is, mm-hmm. is crap, quite frankly. I mean, I don't believe in fearlessness. I don't believe that there's any person in this universe who's afraid of nothing. They may appear that way to you because they're not afraid at all of the thing that you're entirely afraid of, right? Yeah. So like, I don't know what you're scared of, but like, if you're scared of, uh, I'm scared of snakes, right? And like, maybe you have a boa constrictor at home. I don't know. And it's like, okay, well, to me, you're fearless because I could never in a million years have that yeah. as a pet. But I mean, it's just context. It's context. Everybody has something they're scared of. And when we realize that, when we're, we stop waiting to be fearless as opposed to stepping into enough confidence to keep moving the needle forward. And it's not even about having this massive confidence, right? It's mm. not about having some some massive sort of swell in your in your esteem and being able to do like this huge scary thing sometimes it's just doing the little bit more scary thing outside your comfort zone so that you can get to the next step beyond that beyond that and people keep waiting to be fearless and and talking about how courage is something that they really need to have and you know ignore the fear don't ignore the fear the fear ignoring it's not going to make it go away that's never going to go away the negative voice in your head i don't think is ever going to go away but sometimes it gets quieter sometimes you are better at negotiating with it like a hostage situation (laughs) and sometimes it just changes and it's no longer screaming to you about certain things, but now it has new fears and now it has, you know, a, a different sort of take on whatever it is that you're addressing. So, I mean, I really, I really, I, I would like to acknowledge people's fear. And I think that's something that sometimes in this, in this entrepreneurship world, especially, you know, we're encouraged to be fearless, but I don't, I just don't think that's healthy. I don't think it's healthy to make somebody feel wrong for having fear because that was the assumption for me was that because I was afraid to sing in front of people, mm-hmm. this must not be my path. And that's just not true. That's it's true. the truth is that I shied away from it and I ran because that was the assumption I made based on fear as opposed mm-hmm. to pushing through it. No, that's, that's really beautiful, especially facing the fear, right? And, and, and all the hero's journey, that's mm-hmm. exactly that. They focus on facing your fear, going through the fear, mm-hmm. growing through the fear. And it's, it's really interesting because it's that part of doing that extra, going that extra mile. Yeah. Right. And what is going that extra mile? You know, repping one, you know, repping that weight one more time 
after you've completely spent, you know, reading one more page of book, um, something that somebody um, said, I can't, Keenan on LinkedIn, he's, he, he had a video and he said, anytime he didn't want to do something, like he didn't want to go to the gym, he'd say, you know what? I won't go to the gym tomorrow, but today I'll go. So, you know, just, just to give himself permission, going over the fear, okay, I, know, I understand that you don't want to do it today, but how about you, do, you don't do it tomorrow, but today you'll do it. So then he kept showing up. He kept showing up. He kept doing it. And he was able to do the transformation because he kept at it. But you have to fool, you have to like, almost like trick yourself, mm-hmm. trick your mind into believing that you're able to do it. Yeah. And I'm reading David Goggins' Can't Hurt Me right now. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it is all about that. It is all about, you know, he went through that Navy SEAL training, which is like one of the most hellacious trainings in the entire world for all yeah. that thing. And he's talking about how he basically was playing mind games with the instructors at one point because he was psyching himself out even in the middle of something that makes other grown men quit and go crying home to their mommies, right? And it's just so amazing how much how how much we prevent our progress because our mind tells us to stop, but really we can push past that. We are capable of so much more if yeah. we actually just continue to push forward and not necessarily to a point of death, but we are so much farther from that point of death than we really realize, even though our minds and our bodies maybe try to make us think that way. Like exactly. what he has been through, what he has yeah. done physically and mentally. I mean, if, if he can't die through that, I don't know that anybody could die doing any of that stuff. Yeah, it's exactly. crazy. Yeah. Unless to have some kind of physical condition or, you know, a health condition or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they had med checks taking him and, you know, they had to pull him Check. out at certain points, but he would just tape up his, his stress fractures and, and go back to it. And it's like, man, you really wow. are capable of so much more That's than amazing. your mind will let you do. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of the movie Gattaca. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> right? He's yes. like, no, you can't do it because blah, blah, blah. And, but he, you know, he, he was able to get past all of that. Mm-hmm. Even the height thing, even, he even extended his legs to be, to be taller. Yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> I don't remember that part, but no? I that was a point it. of contention is he was, he was, I think three or four inches shorter than the guy he was pretending to be. Yeah. And so it's like, well, how serious are you about doing this? And <laughs> I mean, that speaks to it too, right? It's like, you have to be do- willing to do whatever it takes, even if you're afraid of it, even if if it hurts and it's painful or something like how committed are you? And that was, that was the moment that like Jude Law's character knew, okay, yeah, he's in this because there he is with these braces on his legs to extend his height. It was crazy. Oh my God. That's, that's insane. And uh, what's beautiful is that things like, you know, movies like this, it show you that same part of human being and how you're able to get past your own limitation like we our mind is like you limit yourself and like we've been talking about you you are or you you can or you can't you're right you know henry ford says this and then yoda goes on (laughs) yes right (laughs) there is no try oh yeah Yeah. And growing Uh, up, actually, my father had his own variation on this. He would say, can't means won't. Like, I can't do something is like, no, you just, you won't do it. You know, my first sentence as a kid was me do. 
Like I wanted to do everything myself, but then, you know, playing the, the youngest kid, like little sister card or whatever, like, I can't, I'm too little. And he's just like, no, can't means won't. So maybe yeah. you can't do it the way you were trying and you need to ask for help or you need to modify it somehow. But can't is, is not a word to be in your vocabulary. Yeah, absolutely. On that, I want to take a minute to handle some kids situation. <laughs> I'll be right back. No problem. All right. We are back uh, here on the podcast with Gina Molinari. We've been having some awesome conversations. We talked about the crazy state of the world that is in, um, the different things that we go through to psych ourselves up or lie, you know, tell the truth. And uh, Gina has been really helpful in, you know, helping me understand myself. Like, how do you come off? Like, how do you stay motivated, Gina, to be doing the things that you're doing on a daily basis? Yeah. Um, the biggest lesson I've had really in the last year, especially, is to realize that motivation is a fallacy and just a completely made up construct. And when I remember that, then it makes it easier to take action and not real feel like something's wrong. Because again, like I was somebody who sort of assumed that fear meant I was going the wrong direction mm -hmm. and a lack of motivation. I sort of made that same association, you know, especially like I grew up um, really struggling with my weight my whole life. And only in the last year or so is it something I've really gotten a hold of. And part of it is because of that motivation piece, yeah. because, you know, you wake up one day and you're not motivated to do the things you need to do. But the reality is that motivation is not going to be there every day. Like right. showering, like, great. I feel clean now because I took a shower today, but in two days, I'm going to need to take a shower again because I'm not going to feel clean. Like it's not <laughs> exactly. a one and done thing. It's so when I remember that and I, I sort of kind of uncondition my mind to believe that I have to be motivated and I have to be inspired and all of these things. I mean, I have tricks to kind of get me back in there if I really want to be passionate, if I really want to be, uh, you know, in my best form or something. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you just got to go out there and do it. And yeah. what I didn't understand for the longest time was, you know, there's that old adage of like, you know, you have to give 100% of whatever you have that day. And I was like, well, if I'm capable of more, why wouldn't I give my 100% all the time? That's stupid. Like, what does that mean? But what I realized is that, you know, there are certain days where you just don't have your normal energy level in you. And that consistency of showing up every day and giving the best you can that day, because maybe you are a little emotionally raw, you know, something happened, there was a loss or, or pain or like physical pain, any of those sorts of things. So just doing the best you can that day and truly it being the best you can do and knowing you kind of left it all out on the field, that's still going to build your confidence even when you know that it's not the best that you could normally do. And that's absolutely. completely okay. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, somebody mentioned that, you know, don't beat yourself up because your best is not, like it doesn't compare to somebody else's best. Oh, not right. at all. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and we, if we see athletes like Michael Jordan, he's like, I'm not trying to beat anybody else. Like I'm only trying to beat my own record. Exactly. And that shows you the level of, level of motivation, the level of, you know, dedication he had to the sport. And I, recently I heard the story of Steph Curry, how he would get up super early and do those three pointers. And then when he's in the game, he's like, Oh, he's going to make the three pointer. I'm like how, how is he able to do that? Because he, you know, he trained his muscles to always make that shot by mm -hmm. exercising. You know, when you mentioned about the weight loss thing, it, it, trigger, it 
it reminded me of one more thing. Yeah. And that's a lot of times when we're doing a workout, that's only part of the problem. The other part is not that the foods we're eating are right. Like we're eating the right foods, right? It's not even that. Sometimes it's that it's in our gut, the, 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 the biomes in our gut are totally different and they're fighting back with the different foods. So there's some, right. And I was like, that's so interesting. Like foods, like just eating the right food to calm that fight or flight movement, because essentially the reason we gain weight, like I have that problem. It's not crazy, but my wife's going through the same thing. But what's interesting is that our bodies are protecting, protecting itself from going into shutdown mode. Right. That's the reason the fat's being stored. And I was like, that's really interesting. So again, getting to different conversation and hearing about this thing, it, it like creates those connections, like, okay, motivation, food, like all these pieces of puzzle, they got to come together mm-hmm. for you to move forward. Well, and some of it for me was because, yeah, maybe I was super active every day, but I wasn't making the best food choices or I was making food choices that were, you know, not agreeing with my, with my biome. And as a result, I mean, let's face it, I'm not a a health or fitness professional in any fashion. (laughs) I just know from my own experience. Right. So take this as you will. But uh, when my, um, I didn't realize because I had spent a lifetime of making poor choices. I didn't realize that the energy that I didn't have at the end of the day to keep pushing forward was directly a result of those food choices. Like for whatever reason, that just never made sense to me. But the only way it made sense was when I made that change. And it's like, oh, now I can actually go from 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. and I have energy to spare somehow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's because of those choices. And so it's not a lack of motivation. I was sitting there beating myself up like, why don't I want to do more? What's wrong with me? Like, why don't like I'm I'm dead at the end of the day? How ambitious am I? If I, I said I want this thing and I actually am not working toward it at all. Some of it was actually biological. Like at that point, Absolutely. I was just doing myself a disservice, did not realize it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of factors that go into that too. It's not just you not being disciplined enough. A lot of the time, yeah, it can be that, but mm-hmm. there's other factors that come into play for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know if we're going off the rails, but... <laughs> <laughs> I like this. We're kind of bouncing around everywhere. I like it. Yeah. Uh, um, it's, it's Friday after all, right? It's Friday. It sure is past five o'clock I'm getting text messages that you know the kids need to be outside or (laughs) (laughs) release the children my daughter just woke up from her nap and she's not letting her shut down so anyways um it's really good talking with you you know finding that truth finding that being authentic to yourself being truthful to yourself um letting yourself believe or, you know, heaving. Yeah, my thoughts are like all over the place right now. <laughs> tell us, you know, so you told us a little bit about your journey. We, we got into that fear, but we didn't really go into like, where did, you, where did it all start for Gina? Where did it 
that all start? You mean as in terms of like with the work that I do now, where did that all start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been an evolution of things. Like I said, I pivoted quite a bit over the past like 10 years or so mm. and realized maybe about three years ago what it was kind of all building up to because I was doing the opera singing thing and I went to do the voiceover thing and then I went into marketing and you know wanted to be in arts administration. And then I went into social media and was doing event production and blog posts. Like I was doing all of these different things. Yeah. And through a leadership training that had a lot of self-reflective aspects of it, I realized that it was really all circling this idea of language and communication and connection. And all of a sudden, all of the stuff that had me feeling so much guilt and shame about walking away from yet another thing, yeah. I realized, oh, wait, no, these are actually all sort of around the same idea, the same core idea of language that now I can just kind of make what I want with it. Nice. And realizing that helping other people harness their communication, really step into doing it in a way that's truthful, in a way that's engaging as a performer, in a mm. way that uses best practices with marketing, in a way that can express themselves either in writing or public speaking. I mean, I, I coach TEDx and I help people with their writing of blogs and things like I can wow. help them with all these different levels of communication. I help them write their books and get a lot of clarity around it because ultimately what somebody needs to have to be a really powerful and effective communicator, especially as like a thought later mm -hmm. is to have clarity, to have confidence and to have consistency. And when you do that through communication, it's, it's amazing what you're able to create with that as a result. And wow. so it's been an evolution to get to that point, but it took a lot of really taking those old tools that I had from things that I walked away from and seeing how that all fit into the puzzle of, okay, how do I best help people? What do I love doing the most? And it's always around this idea of communication. And I've called it different things over time. You know, I was the messaging maestro at one point and I was, you know, an effective communication coach, which sounds like the most boring thing in the world. So I was like, no, 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 that's, that's not my brand. Um, but just being able to step further and further into this and see how I can best support other people, use their voice. That's really yeah. what it boils down to is I want you to use your voice in the written form, in the online form, whatever that looks like. But you get to do it confidently and you get to do it in a way that people will actually listen to you dude that is so awesome because <laughs> thank you i like it <laughs> because i've been looking for you <laughs> Certainly. um what's funny is that we had a conversation we had a question um on the unconventional leaders about you know what's the big thing that you think you can't achieve and i said hey i want to be a i want to give a ted talk and then uh, Lori cites, you know, she said, I know somebody who's organized TED Talks and she, you know, she helps people. And so she connected we met, uh, me with uh, this one person. Um, and, she, you know, she's worked at NASA and, you know, help with, you know, a lot of things like she'd been doing that for like past 15 years or something. Oh, wow. And then so that connection hasn't happened. But all the stuff that you're talking about, I'm like, I talked to. Um, uh, another uh, another uh, gentleman, Kurt, you know, he's talking about, you know, figuring out what's my why, like, why do I do what do I do? Mm -hmm. And like coming, bringing all that story together. In fact, I wrote a chapter in the Magnetic Entrepreneur um, book about my journey. And there's a ton of stories. When I started writing for the book, I, I didn't really write. I just spoke for two and a half hours in my car recording audio and then had that transcribed and it came out to be 17,000 words. Ooh, that's 
long so chapter. Condensed <laughs> down to like 3,000 words to go in the book. Mm-hmm. But then um, my editor was like, you should con- turn this into a book. I was like, yeah, I want to. But then I got to go back and revisit it and, and, and figure out. So I'm like, I'm sure there's a ton of stories in there that could be my why. But every why? single day I'm like learning from others and learning and growing. And it's been, it's been pretty amazing. It's, pretty, it's been pretty fascinating, the things that I'm learning about myself, the things that keep coming up. And, and um, it's been pretty exciting. It is exciting. And you know, what's funny is like you, you talked about, you know, running into this person for, for Ted talks or whatever, they can make that connection. All of that starts. It's like when you, when you're looking at buying a car and then you see that car everywhere, right? Like that association (laughs) is everywhere. Um, I find that the lessons that I'm learning for myself, I almost immediately get to apply for the people that I work with. Like, I can't tell you how many times, even that same day, like something happens to me in the morning. And then that evening, the, the client comes on the call and they're saying something about the same exact situation. And I laugh to myself and I start talking to it and I just say to them, I'm not laughing at you. I promise I'm laughing because <laughs> I literally had this conversation once already today. And sometimes multiple times it'll show up and it's, it's, yeah, it, it, it is not a mistake and is not an accident, but it's all, and that's the thing is like, there's so much opportunity for us to beat ourselves up and to really allow our confidence to just be completely eroded by all the yeah. progress that we make because of whatever situation. And, you know, especially now, again, like everything going on, it's like, okay, we have every reason to be upset and frustrated and confused and scared and like all of these horrible things. But what if we're also looking at it as this is happening to me so that I can serve somebody else with it with how I deal with it now? Mm-hmm. Like this is a learning opportunity that I can you know, put forward for somebody else and potentially give them the tools that I use. And I can be the guinea pig. I can be the one to help them. And for some reason, just the psychological game of that, of flipping that and saying, you know, this is, this is for somebody else, that this is, that my pain somehow is a service to somebody else. I mean, there's a lot of power in that. Absolutely. That's, that's so true. And I keep thinking about, um, keep thinking about that thing, you know, you, once you put something out in the world, you will start getting Mm-hmm. like oh this is <laughs> it's coming real it's, it's gonna become yeah. real yeah so that's really awesome all right so zoom's telling me we got five minutes <laughs> <laughs> we can always hop back on <laughs> yeah we can always hop back on so i want to i want to start um with some of the questions that i asked my audience my guests and you know all that we've talked about so far it's it's very amazing and it's almost like we want to do another episode about <laughs> communications, about the power of communication, the power of language, and, and how you know you go about being your best self and telling your best story, or or you know however that plays yeah, out. Absolutely. But um, let's see, what is what is the one hobby that you wish you got into? The one hobby I wish I got into is boxing. Ooh. I have a I I really res with Rocky. Um, and I also used to have a lot of aggression being from New Jersey. There's like a um, lot of pent up anger. <laughs> so yeah, Rocky, Rocky always inspired me. And for some reason, even though I've never done it, I'm always drawn to boxing or kickboxing. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. I like it. I, I tried kickboxing for three months and then I moved to the States and I couldn't <laughs> find a kickboxing club that I yeah. could go to. Uh, that's, that's awesome. All right. <laughs> Next question. Yes. What did you want to be when you were a child? I always wanted to be a singer. 
mm-hmm. even though I was terrified of it at the same time. But when I, when I got time to being like college decision time, yeah. I wanted to be like eight things. I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a congresswoman. I wanted to be a writer. So I had no idea. I literally applied to nine schools and was hoping wow. fate would decide for me is what, <laughs> what happened. And then ultimately it came down to like two schools where it would have been two different paths. So I was like, great. You didn't help me at all, did you? <laughs> um, yeah. So that was, you know, reality punching me in the face with that. But yeah, I mean, I mostly singer was the, the common answer. <laughs> I like, I, I, I like the singing part. I did, uh, I was in a band for, yeah. you know, a few months. What'd you play? <laughs> Before my brother took over. Uh, you know, oh, almost a decade and a half ago. What instrument did you play? I played the voice. Oh, very nice. Okay. <laughs> I was a singer. And nice. uh, even though I was a singer, I could not, for the life of me, remember the lyrics. Ah, that is a challenging part of it. That's sure. a challenging part. You got to know your words <laughs> to know what you're singing. See, that's why I was saying in other languages. I could just kind of make sounds and eh, nobody knows. It kind of sounds like Italian, right? No, it's fine. <laughs> funny all right next one yeah what is your favorite movie or tv show Mm, my favorite tv show i tend to like fluffy stuff because i want tv to like kind of zone me out at the end of the day Mm -hmm. um so i i really like you know the office and parks and rec and family guy i can quote family guy like nobody's business oh my god but my recent obsession in quarantine, I finally started watching This Is Us. Um, and that I'm really, really drawn to. I love it, a good cry. Is so. it comedy or is it it's a cry? No, This Is Us is definitely more drama. Okay. Um, it's one of those tear-jerking sort of uh, TV shows. All right, I'll, I'll stay away from that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've been watching, uh, I watched uh, Mil- uh, Million Little Lies or Million Little Things, something like that. that was oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard good. of that. I haven't watched it. All right, next one. What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Ooh. So my cousin Vinny, <laughs> which is not <laughs> the most common one, but I'm a really good mimic. And for a while, I would do the Marissa Tomei, like, my biological clock is ticking like that. Like, I could probably pull her off pretty well. And I think nice. that'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. So we were just talking about who the movie you would choose to play the yes. character in. And you said, my cousin Vinny, because mm-hmm. you can do the voice of one of the. Uh, yeah, she she has this whole monologue about uh, going hunting or whatever that I can do like perfection. Oh. <laughs> we're gonna have to listen. We're gonna have to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wanted to do the voiceover stuff, is because I I enjoy kind of doing that mimicry. You know what's funny is on TikTok there's a voiceover challenge. Is there? Can't see how many different voices you can do in 30 seconds or 60 seconds. Oh, that's There's funny. a ton of people doing that. I was like, oh, I want to try that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good one. Because I can do like a typical Indian voice, right? I grew up in a community with a ton of Indian people. Like for whatever reason, my hometown was like this, like people come directly from India to our, our hometown. Like there's billboards that say, come to this town in New Jersey. It's very strange. And I graduated with like 23 Patels and and none of them related. It was just amazing. I was like, holy crap. Like, I'll tell you the story about the tails. Yeah. I know the story. I know why. Why is that? I know the why. So uh, for one, uh, at one point in my life, I worked for a company that provided video on demand service for hotels and all the motels are run by Patels. Mm. And there's a reason for it. So one, 
one of the Patels, he came out here, he started this business. So what they do, they need help running the hotel. So they'll get a cousin to come over. So cousin of a cousin of a cousin, right? All the Patels are coming over. So every year they have these conventions where they meet people and they have five minutes. They have uh, folks joining in or no, they have the registration Mm -hmm. and Patel comma A, Patel comma B. So we know your last name is Patel. What's your first name? Go to that row. It's funny. Uh, right. I was say, I see, we have a visitor here. Yeah. Yes, we have my son <laughs> who is shy right now. I know. He's shy. Can't <laughs> he's see going him. like this in the background, and now he's yeah. shy. <laughs> All right. Next question. Sure. Who is your favorite superhero? Ah, oh, favorite superhero. Um, the Hulk. I feel like I understand him on a deep level. That level <laughs> of rage that just kind of comes out of you out of nowhere. Yeah. You've got Hulk right here. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> Very cool. Awesome. All right, last question. If you were a board game, what Ooh, would it be? If I was a board game. Hmm. I'm not sure. That's I've never I've been asked that before. Um I know that question was given to me by one of my old one, one of my colleagues. He was like, how about this question? That is an interesting one. I want to say life mm-hmm. just because it's, it's one of those things that just never plays the same way twice. And that's something yeah. I really love to do is like to find a different way, like, you know, mm-hmm. commute one way and come back another, like, um, and it's something that can be enjoyable, but also incredibly frustrating. That yeah. is also definitely me. Uh, <laughs> I would say life then. Yeah. Life, that's life so funny because the past few interviews that I've done, everybody's answered life. Really? That's yes. so funny. Life, trouble, trauma. Trouble is another one, right? Ooh, yeah. Last question. Well, it's not last question, but uh, where can my audience find you? Yeah, you can find me at GinaMolinari.com. I hang out most on Facebook, social media-wise, and that's Mm -hmm. Facebook.com slash TheGinaMo, because my last name can be hard to spell. Uh, And yeah, you can always email me if you had any questions or anything like that either. You can check out my website to see my services and some of my courses and things. But yeah, best way to reach me is Facebook or email. Awesome. Thank you so much, Gina, for sharing your journey. You know, uh, I've been on this journey as well, and it's it's been... (laughs) Yeah, that's what I pointed at. (laughs) Um, Pause, pause, pause. Um, So... It's been funny because for me to get here with this podcast, you know, this is my third season and it, take, it's take, it's take, it takes about that time, that three years to really find your stride and find your synchronicity and, you know, figure things out. And I'm still ways away from where I want to be. So it's been, it's awesome to hear your journey, to see that it's definitely possible. Hey, Gina's doing it. Anybody can do it. <laughs> Wait, yeah, it's always, gonna... <laughs> it's always going to grow. It's always going to evolve over time. Questions. He's just what? copying it. Is these that... are my questions. That was my... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't make it up, did you? Yes, these are all my questions <laughs> oh, that I ask that, my guests. Like oh, these are my notes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
being truthful, he's not afraid to be truthful. Not at all. There you go. See, he's not going to have that problem. It's perfect. Nope, not at all. <laughs> well, thank you, Gina, for your time. Appreciate thank you. it. Yeah, thank awesome you for having day. me. You're welcome. You have a good day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode on Hacks and Hobbies. We absolutely appreciate your contribution. You can find additional notes on hacksandhobbies.com. Please share the podcast with your friends and tell them what you learned about our guest today.